Alright, hello everybody. Welcome to Idle Chat. I am Jonathan Idle, a.k.a. Johnny Idle. Thank you so much for joining us. Before we get to today's episode, I just want to remind everybody really quick that we have our giveaway. Don't forget to go on our Facebook page and leave us your favorite candle-related gift because we are giving away two jar candles from our friends over at Sozel Candle Company, a local company here in West Springfield, Massachusetts. They are soy-based and really awesome candles. There's literally no catch. Just go on there, leave your favorite candle-based gift, as ridiculous as possible, and we will get these candles to you. We're going to pick two. Bessie will pick one, and I'll pick the other. And on to this week, this week's guest. I'm very excited about this. Is a very old friend of mine. I met him a long time ago through professional wrestling, and now he's uh, he's been on national TV, and I couldn't be any more proud of him, my good friend Mark Sterling. How are you, buddy? What's up, man? Uh, thanks for having me. I was very excited to hear you know that you were starting this podcast thing, <laughs> uh, this this whole podcast idea. So uh, yeah, I think that you've been doing a great job. You had some great guests. Uh, thanks, man. Getting it in the right spots. So yeah, I'm excited. Thank you so much. I, that's when, when I, we were going back and forth. I made sure I told you that I wanted to get you on here before you were on television. Right. <laughs> right. Well, we talked about it early on. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when when did you start training? When did we meet? So uh, it was my senior year of high school. I'm wow. 37 years old now. So 20 it, years. It was 1999. So 21 years. Yeah. Wow, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, and you you were already working shows at the time. You've been working a couple of years at that point. Uh, I think like 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 four or five years at that point. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Yep. So and, uh, yeah, you you used to pop in and do a little extra training, helped us out. I mean, I you know what I think about a lot that first class uh, or my class was me and Tom, who's been in the WWE, and yeah. Surratt, who yeah. is very famous in professional wrestling for many reasons. His wrestling, his gear making his video game playing so yep. it was a very prolific class of professional wrestling that's now Surratt right now he is the um he does like all the uh like the seamstress stuff up at, at yep. wwe correct still yeah 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 and he's married to one of the one of the most famous professional wrestlers in the world yes and i, I don't know if you know this because it's not really your scene but he plays uh he is on up up down down which is xavier wood's YouTube show about wrestling and video games. Oh no, I've never. So he has he has gained a large following really? through playing video games against people like Samoa Joe and you know the New Day and the Usos and things like that. Are so, you serious? That's amazing. Now what's that? Yeah. What's that called? I'd love to watch that. What's it called? YouTube show is Up Up Down Down, and he's known as Mikazi on there. So as Mikazi, wow. Yeah, I wrestled yeah. Mikazi many times. Yeah, of course. Now, I'd, so you you. You started working, you started wrestling on shows, and then and then boom, I didn't see you for a hundred years, and then all of a sudden yeah. you were back. Yeah, I. Uh, are you wondering why? Well, not just the, the yeah. why and the kind of the story of it and whatever you know, whatever you. you yeah. Know. To be honest, the first time that I did wrestling, I, I I believe that I did it completely wrong. I I did it for all the wrong reasons. I I wasn't training hard. I I. I did enough to maybe get some matches and right. the matches were the shits. And I saw everybody like Surratt, like Tom, Antonio Thomas, I'm talking about, yeah, or Thomas Santel. Yeah, he is now the indie darling, the, uh, yes. the, the Thomas Santel. Yeah. Um, and I saw how hard they worked and like what they were putting into it. And I was focusing on wrestling, but also like I was in college and focusing on that and, and other things. So, I just felt like it was not right of me to be taking spots on shows when I wasn't devoting enough time to it. Right. So I stopped. Uh, but, you know, f for a long time, I popped back in in 2005 to 2007. And, and that time I tried a little harder. Right. But, but even then, not like others. And then I stopped again to go to grad school. So both times I kind of stopped to go to school. All right. Well, that's 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 the responsible thing to do. You didn't, right. you didn't, you didn't do what I did and just, uh, kind of almost put enough into it and just waste your entire life. But that's okay. <laughs> no way. No way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, so that, that was really it. And then when I graduated, uh, grad school and got a real job, I had time again. And in that time, uh, I, I mentioned, I've been talking about this a lot recently with, with the AEW stuff and, 
in the time I was in grad school, I met a lot of hardworking people, uh, a filmmaker that I worked for. His name is Marshall Curry. He's been nominated for multiple uh, Oscars. He just won an oh, wow. Oscar this year. Wow. Um, and working with him was like a, an eye-opening thing. He was such a hard worker and just being able to see somebody like get success and then see how they got the success and right. there's no trick. It's just simply work friggin' really hard. <laughs> That's pretty much it, right? <laughs> so I just saw him working hard every day and then it was just like, oh. And then when I had time, I said, I wonder, I kind of like always wondered like, I wonder what I would have been able to do in pro wrestling if I actually put, you know, a, a effort into it. Right. So that was what my comeback in 2015 was all about, like, Training hard, getting real training, uh, training more than once a month, uh, going to the gym, getting in shape, you know, traveling to shows, like doing it right, getting good gear, like all that stuff. Um, and then, yeah, I guess the rest is history. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, when I kind of realized, it's so funny, I, I wrestled for a long time and I was kind of like, ah, this is what it is and I'll just do the, the independent thing and that's cool. And then by the time I... I met somebody, it was like too late, <laughs> you know, by the, right. time, by the time I met somebody that could have helped me out, you know, I'm not, I'm not into like, um, into like name dropping, but he, he, this person had a lot of influence in one of the large companies and, um, and he asked me, he says, oh, so, uh, you know, wow, you just never get a shot? Like, yeah, I guess. I never really met the right people. I probably never didn't go to the right promotions. I probably stayed too loyal to the wrong promotions and whatever. And, you know, he says, oh, wow, that's a real shame. How old are you? And I think at the time I was like 43. And he he, he just goes, he goes, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And that's, that's unfortunate. But yeah, I don't know. I, I always thought that you were really great, especially oh, with the talking, with thanks, the talking. Man. And that's coming from what you started as a manager and learned that part and then did the wrestling part. and. Well, I mean, I started, you know, I actually started in the music business in the 80s, you know. So, right. so I, it, uh, being on a microphone was never a problem for me. I think I, I've said a bunch of times the only job that I've really ever been comfortable with is in front of people with a mic in my hand, you know. So it just some people just, just that's that's where they're comfortable, you know. So and I, you don't seem to have much of a problem talking yourself. You do a great job on the microphone. Well, that's funny that you say that coming from the music business. Uh, I actually feel like some good advice for young wrestlers would be to uh, learn other businesses oh, because yeah. I think the majority of, of the reason that I'm good at talking on the microphone and being in good in front of camera is because of my training as a video producer. Right? Oh yeah, sure. So I, I know how to shoot and what I need out of the people. Right. So since I know what needs to be done, I can try to do it myself, if that makes any sense. Oh yeah, oh, no, sure, of course. So yeah. shooting and editing for many years and getting my chops doing that, like um, I think just helped me in pro wrestling in a way that a lot of people sort of don't expect so i think it's very similar with you in the music business knowing how to project yeah. knowing how to emote knowing how to perform while speaking uh i think it's very beneficial a lot of like the rock stars that people that come from music and go into wrestling they're always i'm automatically uh like you're sort of glued to their presence yeah they because they know what it's like to be in front of people all the time, and they can kind of right. be that larger-than-life kind of thing. I think the other thing that the music business taught me about professional wrestling at the same time is it taught me to be, it taught me to be humble, <laughs> you mm. know, because I, I played rock and roll in front of more empty rooms than I could than I could count, you know. So that yeah. going on some of these smaller independent shows, it was really like I guess I always had the attitude of of, well, all right. There's not a lot of people here today, but if we go out there and we break our asses, maybe next time they'll bring some friends with them, you know? And I, I think I've given that advice to a lot of younger wrestlers too. Like, just go out there. And that's when you really need to work is when there's not quite as many people out there as you would hoped. And, and, and you just go out there and do your thing and hope that there's more people next time, I guess, you know? Yeah, I think that's also a huge part of it, being humble and, and being uh, self-aware. Yeah. I think that you have to be able to look yourself in the mirror and, and see – where you're weak and where you're strong and right. try to accentuate the strengths and hide the weaknesses and, uh, or use the weaknesses right. and, and things yeah. like that. So, 
you know, a lot of people just think that they, when you look in the mirror and you see Brock Lesnar and you're five foot five and, you know, you haven't been in the gym, like you're going to have a problem in pro wrestling. So, right, right. I mean, unless, yep. you, unless you do something that's completely, you find a way to separate yourself from all the other little guys. And like, like there's, there's no reason to look at like Rey Mysterio and have it not make sense that he's wrestling Brock Lesnar. You know what I mean? Right, he's still, right. Because he's Rey freaking Mysterio, you know, so you find right, a way right. to stand out. I want to talk really quick about your um, video production you you what year was that where you were doing like that little independent documentary thing you were filming some stuff at like a, at a show yeah so i went to grad school in 2008 it was a three-year program in documentary fi- uh, film productions right and you know it's an mfa so it's like a terminal degree so you have to do a thesis at the end so you know i learned uh from my teachers and did a lot of projects and and things like that and uh the final project was i i had a year to to work on a film right and i like went back and forth about what to do my film on and i obviously i was still very passionate about wrestling even though i hadn't been in the business for you know four year three or four years at the time right and i had connections to you guys and, yeah. and everybody that i had had known so i wanted to sort of tell that that side of independent wrestling the very like regional small uh promotion stories of of people that do it you know for fun or or you know f- on that level right. um so that's what i was i was shooting i shot with a lot of people um a lot of the people that w- that we knew and you know i think my first cut was like an hour and a half but they only wanted a 20 20 minute Oof. film so that's yeah. probably that's probably why my my brilliant um right. uh, statement that i said that's kind of why i brought this up i right. said i said <laughs> probably the 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 smartest thing i've ever said off the cuff in my life and i compared the bad guys of professional wrestling to darth vader it's like with luke skywalker your your hero can only be as good as your bad guy you know like what would luke skywalker be if you didn't have this thing with darth vader then people argue there would be no luke skywalker without darth vader but that's not what i'm talking about anyway and i said you know i'll be darth vader all day yeah and I remember you behind the camera with a smile on your face nodding. And, and what you were nodding was, yep, that's going to make its way to the cutting room floor. So <laughs> No way. I, that, you, you and uh, – so basically that night, one of the nights that I shot, you had a match with uh, Keith? Probably. Uh, sure. he, his, he's got the, the, the shots. Keith the Mac. Mac, yes, yes, yes. The Mac, yep. You had a match with Keith Mack, and it was like his first singles match ever. I think so, yeah. So to me – I was like, oh, this is this is a great story. So I want the the veteran versus the the rookie. So I followed you guys all night long. I got an interview with both of you guys about everything, <laughs> yeah. and and the first cut, you guys were a huge parts of the film. You guys were like main characters, and then <laughs> it just got whittled down and whittled down, and then I, ended up all on the on the floor. I get it. It's fine. It's I'm just breaking your balls, man. I get it. Right. It's, you can't, you know, that it's it's. I'm just giving you a hard time. But I, I think I, I, you put that out, I think, on YouTube or something like that, right? And I think I watched it, and it was actually really, really fun to watch. It was great. Yeah, well, thanks. Really, really yeah, enjoyable. We got to get you sometime if you're still into it. If we, if my band with Aaron Morrison ever, uh, we ever decide to be professional and actually record something, we're gonna have you film a video for us. I think. Oh so, hell yeah! Yeah, they'd for be sure. a lot of fun too. So I right. even have better equipment now. So oh, very good. Now, yeah, cool. So, uh, so you went to, so you started training again in New York, correct? Yep. Yep. At, with um, who you're training with? Kurt, so it's Creative Pro Wrestling with Kurt Hawkins and Pat Buck, which Pat Buck you know from way back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great guy. I had a lot of fun. Rue Star, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was very close to my house, um, but I, it's just like I was just like 33, and if I was ever going to do it, I needed to do it now at the, at the time. So, you know, Googled it. Oh, there's a school right by my house. Oh, it happens to be a very reputable school yeah. taught oh. by a very two very reputable teachers. Yeah. So I did it. I was very nervous. Now think about this: I had had two hundred matches up to that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, you talk about being humble. I walked into there and didn't tell anybody that I wrestled. Yeah. I wanted to be treated like fresh off the street. Like right, yeah. Teach me from scratch. Right. Uh, I don't want to have any kind of ego like, oh, I'm bigger than anybody. I mean, it was much easier for me. You know, obviously doing the bumps, like 
you do a couple and you remember. Right, right, right. I at that point I had taken seven years off. Yeah. So it must have been like a, a shock to your body. Yeah, oh man, the first yeah, first couple of weeks were very tough. But <laughs> I kind of eased into it. Like I said, I started like the beginners. So I, I was in there doing lockups and arm ringers and and just regular bumps for a little bit. Right. And then there, you know, then it was like, oh, he's getting this really fast. And then it was like, wait a minute, did you train? I'm like, yeah, I trained before, but <laughs> uh, but I did. I didn't want to be treated differently, and I and I wanted to progress at the, whatever level that I was at at the time, and. But training, you know, so at originally I trained with Kevin Landry, who right. I think you started with, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And the training was just very different. We trained once a week. Yeah. And basically with Kevin, it was like, okay, today's hip toss day. You're going to learn how to do a hip toss. Yeah. And then we would like do a thousand hip tosses <laughs> and then we would learn a spot with a hip toss right. and then that was training. But with Creative Pro, it's like yeah. way more drill based, uh, drill based training. Like the moves don't even matter. Like no, they'll right. show you once how to do the hip toss, but it's more about like the conditioning of the drill, right. repetition, running, and and also psychology. And I think yeah. that's the big thing that Creative Pro can teach is, is the psychology and right. how to to get people into the matches and things like that. I think that's far more important than than all the other stuff with the moves and yeah. stuff i think the psychology is 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 a hundred times more important i i hundred percent oh absolutely you know i um, yeah and and you can't really drive that home enough you know i think i think everybody goes to that saying you know they 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 try to come up with these cool moves and then you try to tell them you know it, it if you don't know where to put that and it doesn't really matter it's just another piece of garbage and none of, none of them really want to believe it until no. until they try it and it makes sense that oh you know they either get it or they don't you know they either right. they either figure that out or they're they're short for the business you know what i mean i i remember i had a i had a guy this is a long time ago and i, I can't remember where it was but i was i was on a show and this Pretty new wrestler. He asked me, "Oh, do me a favor, watch my match." Yeah, sure. And it was horrible. It was an absolute disaster. Right. You know, you know, oh, it was just so bad. I mean, just like like nothing. It just it was just flat and like like no crowd reaction. They were just doing too much horse shit, you know. But the kid could do a beautiful moonsault, you know. So mm. he comes back and he says, "You know, he says, oh, so did you watch my match? I did. Well, what'd you think?" And I just kind of. You know, I try to give positive things along with it. You know, I don't just try to bury somebody, but there really wasn't that much that I could really say that was positive. So I was kind of going through it and kind of telling him this and that and that and that. And I was mid-sentence and he says, so how was my moonsault? Right. And I, I just said, it was great. And I walked away. Yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. that's all he cares about. So and there's nothing I'm going to say here that's going to that's gonna get him to understand that. So whatever, what are you going to do, you know? Right, yeah. It's all about the intensity. It's about the... The, the realism of the strikes, the realism of the of the lockup, and and how how you're interacting with the other person, and mm-hmm. and just just making it uh, making it all believable. And yeah, you got to hit some cool moves, like or, or some not cool moves, but big moves at the end. But it doesn't even matter. It could be a, if you built it right, it could be a vertical suplex. It could be anything. It could be <laughs> yeah. absolutely anything. It could be right. you know I. I'm trying to think of a of an example of where like a comeback, a babyface gave me a comeback that was like nothing. I want to say, I want to say one time I, I ran into like four hip tosses or something like that. You know, just to, just to do something different. And you know, and, right. and I don't. So I was I was um I was so excited to see you when you came back, and then I and then I watched what you had done with your character. And how did how did you come up? Did now listen. Right. Yeah, I think we talked about this before because we've had a few beers together over the last couple of years. But I, I, did you literally get like the the smart Mark Sterling thing from like the saying the smart marks? So this is funny. Um, well, you know, it's like I said, you got to be able to look yourself in the mirror, right? right so yeah. I was 33 years old, and I my dad was white haired when he was before he was 30. Wow. So I was very gray. And I said, okay, well, I either have to A, shave my head bald, B, dye my hair every couple of weeks, or yeah. C, use it. Right. Right? Because you can't just, again, I can't, as a gray-haired man, come out 
and pretend like I'm Brock Lesnar. It's just not going to work. So, well, Brock Lesnar probably could if he had gray hair. So, but you know, whatever. You know, like, <laughs> maybe. But I don't look like that. So, I have to make myself like what I look like. And at the time, I was much smaller and paler with gray hair. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have to use that. So, originally, the idea was not smart, but distinguished. I was going to be distinguished, Mark Sterling. Okay. Same deal. Robe, gown. But I was distinguished. And then one day at practice, the ring was squeaking really bad. Like it was so obnoxious. Like okay. you couldn't, we couldn't even focus. Every time it was, you couldn't hear anything. Right. So like Brian was just like, screw it. Everyone out. Took everything off the ring, boards, everything. They were trying to figure out what was making the thing squeak. Mm-hmm. And like I suggested that we, there's just this one metal bar that we spin around because it looked like it was bowing the wrong way. Okay. So they were all, everyone was like, no, all right, I guess. <laughs> Turned it around, put everything back, no squeak. And I could tell like it was just rubbing against the other bar. Right, 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 right. And then, and then they were like, I was like man, what are, you, what are you, a genius? Yeah, and then two days later, Pat Buck put in the thing that I'm not distinguished anymore. I'm smart, Mark. And at, I was like... I guess. And I remember at the time I was like, ah, that sucks. But no way. It was it's great. No, it's no worse than distinguished. I mean, right. No, I loved it. Yeah. I, it was way, it's way better. And, and the double entendre of the smart mark thing is, is, is funny, I think. So it, it is. I, so I wanted to talk to you about that. I saw, I just had Perry Von Vicious was just on. I, I released the, released the episode yesterday. And, uh, we sat out here on the, on the porch and, and, and he was, it was his second, um, showing on the, it was a second episode with us, and I asked him. I, in my opinion, I think I, I'm not sure there's really such a thing as a smart mark. To be honest with you, I really don't. Right. I think that it's a date. I mean, you can learn what you can learn, you know, by going on the internet. But I, I think you can only get so smart unless you're in there actually experiencing what it's like to be out there. It is you and one other person and a referee, you know, two other people, a referee, another wrestler, to really mm-hmm. learn how to go out there and and tell a story. And you, so you can only be so smart if you've never actually done that. Your opinion, sir? Yeah. What so? What is a smart marker? Is there? Is there? Is there such? Can a thing? there be? Is there? Yeah, such I a think thing? so. I think th- I think so. But there's way less than you would you would assume. Right. So originally, Smart Mark was what they would call people who knew that wrestling was fake. It was a work, yeah. Right. Right. So that's all it was. Like if you were smart into the biz, you yeah. were a Smart Mark. Okay, so maybe I should I should uh, reword that. Like the yes, if you go with what it used to mean, it just means that somebody's is in on the gag. You know that that means. But now it's gotten to a thing where I think it's gotten to a part where, you know, well. This guy over here, he's not happy with the company, so maybe he's going to do this. And they try to they form all these opinions of things they really don't know anything about. I think it's evolved. Oh, yeah. I think it's evolved into something that really isn't. It's certainly not fair to the business. I'll tell you that much. You no, know, it's I awful. Think, it's awful. Yeah, it's terrible. here's the worst part. Uh, back in the day, mm-hmm. when you when a bad guy would screw the baby face out of the title, right. You were pissed off at the bad guy. Yeah. So much so that you would buy a ticket to the next show, even if you knew it was a work or not. Yeah. You still played the role that you were mad at the at the bad guy for stealing the title, right? Oh, yeah, right. But nowadays, if it doesn't go right by what the, what the viewer thinks, he's not mad at the bad guy. He's mad at the writers. Why would the writers write that? Imagine that. So the heat is going to... Something that can never be paid off. So the joke is on the viewers because their heat will never be in the right spot and then it'll just create a funnel of bad content. <laughs> it's, I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. It, it's, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think I, I haven't said it in a little while, but I used to say all the time the internet ruined professional wrestling. Mm. You know, the internet just, I, Ah, whatever. I could go, I could go on and on about that for forever, you know. But anyway. I will tell you this though: some good news with that. Okay. And this is coming from this last this month run on AEW. For the past like you know four years or so, I have been very uh, encapsulated in the Northeast independent professional wrestling scene. Right. And with that, you see, you get the same followers on Twitter. And you know it's it's like the same four hundred or so diehard independent wrestling fans, right? 
that have opinions on on things. And if you are looking at Twitter, me, and I'm just ingrained in this, like just for example, just the fans of Beyond, I see what they say all the time. Right, right. So then it, it like messes with my mind, like that's what a professional wrestling fan thinks, right? Yeah. But what blew my mind is when you expand that to the million viewers per week of AEW, there are plenty, thousands of pure wrestling fans still out there, little kids who think, I'm an idiot for messing up page 17, and I'm going to get my butt kicked. And to see those tweets of the adults or kids, like, I can't wait until John Moxley beats you up, I'm like, thank you. Perfect. This is it. Perfect. <laughs> exactly. We're, exactly. We're, we're going to get into that in depth in, in, in a few minutes, because I... I it was so fun to get to watch that. I was so I was so happy, and I mean, considering you a good friend, I was really really happy to see that, and I was really proud of you. You did a great job. But um, no, you're welcome. I wanted to say really quick. First, when you came back, then we got to have a a fun little run. Yeah. In Blitzkrieg Pro, I was tagging with Marshall McNeil and you with Top Shelf Troy Nelson. We had that fun little run where we had a, like a series of matches. And dude, what a great time that was. That was so fun. Yeah. But we were basically married for like a year. Yeah, I uh, think so, right? We kind of ended the feud three different times, and then he just came back with more stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we teamed for a bit, then we broke up, and then we whatever, and then you know, uh, it all ended with the with the singles match, uh, me and you, and then you sort of left. It wasn't your final match, but it was your final in Blitzkrieg. And it was I, my final in Blitzkrieg, yeah. I thought that was a really good match. I thought we told a really good story, and it was a huge crowd. It was the crowd that Cody Rhodes, it was the show Cody Rhodes was there, so... Yeah. It's a big crowd, and and uh, yeah, I just I, it meant a lot to me to do that, and I thought we had a good match. It, it meant a lot to me too that we got to do it. I really I agree with you. Uh, when they when they asked me, they said, "So when is your last match with us?" And I said, "Well, this one will be the last one with you guys." And and they're like, "Well, how how would you feel about about working with Smart Mark Sterling for you?" And I'm like, "That's a no brainer. Like, yeah, of course. That's a that's a." So fun! I think we had such a great time, and it was—it yeah. it, was—it was like we're we're kind of cut from the same cloth anyway. You know what I mean? You you kind of like this fun storytelling, just like I do, and go out there and just this work the match, you know. And right. it was, uh, I I thought it was really really fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Actually, For I, sure. I, I never forget when we, the, was the first one. We had a tag match somewhere in Enfield, Connecticut, and I wasn't catching the spot you wanted to do where you started on the top rope. Yeah. Oh, that you know, top shelf Troy's like, no, that's high risk. So you made your yeah. way to the middle rope, high risk, and yeah, yeah. you get to the bottom rope, and you're like, low risk, and then you go to do a splash. You don't even make it to me, and just like, and I, I imagine me trying to, I'm even though I knew it was coming, I'm trying to roll over to tag out, and I'm and I'm laughing, I'm laughing in my arms. Right, right. You know? yeah. I'm just like, it's like I'm crawling. I'm trying not to let anybody see my face because I'm just, I'm in hysterics. But then again, I guess they could have seen me. Didn't matter, you know. Right. It was so fun. Yeah, that's uh, one of my favorite spots. I, I I love to pull that out every once in a while. The going for a splash and missing, but not because the person moves, but because I didn't make it all the way. I, I love so that. Funny. I see. See now, I people think that I hate comedy and wrestling, and it's not that I hate comedy and wrestling. I just hate unrealistic comedy and wrestling. You know what I sure. mean? I, yeah, everybody's in on the gag, but can we at least... That's where... I've told people all the time, I still can watch professional wrestling because even though I'm in on it, if they can still get me, then that says something. You know what I mean? If you can really pull me in, even though I've been around the business for a long time, if you can still pull me in and get me into it, then that's that's the that's the the deal, right? That's... And, mm-hmm. it's, and, and I, I think that's what it is. I love funny stuff in pro wrestling. I showed as much ass as anybody throughout the time I wrestled. But if you can do something that still makes sense, like, okay, you're a genius. You're this super smart guy. You have all these degrees, blah, blah, blah. Yet you still can't do the physics to realize you're not going to make it to the guy from the bottom rope. That's freaking hilarious to me. Right. I, I, I absolutely love that. That's the joke. Not a, a force choke slam or, or whatever. Right, right. Or, or yeah. like I was talking about with Perry Von Vicious, like the, the slow motion hand grenade spot where a they're running in slow motion from b a, a non-existent hand grenade i just right. i just i want to set them all on fire you know they can all burst <laughs> like, like seriously fucking burst into flames with that i hate it and right. I, it's just me but I'm, I'm not now again if somebody does like that that's their thing everything we do is subjective i think um you have to realize that and if somebody is into that and they enjoy watching that 
cool, whatever, that's fine. But don't be mad at me because I because I hate it. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? I, oh yeah. You know, and I've had people literally be like, "Ugh, well, fuck you." You know, no, fuck you. You know right. what I mean? It's like I I'm I'm allowed to have an opinion. I don't have to like this thing, and I have my reasons for not liking it. It's like you have your reasons. If I can't tell you to fuck off for liking it, you can't tell me to fuck off for not liking it. You know, so right. true. That's just kind of how I how I am with it. Yeah, um, but and I I also as far as the opinions go. You know, wrestling is not just, uh, it's not just like everything is, is an apple pie or, or whatever, you know, there's all different kinds of pies or ice cream as people like to say it. Different flavors of ice cream, right. You can like it all or you can like one and it's totally fine. I think the only obnoxious thing is when you can't stop chastising others for it or just being so vocal about your what you like or dislike like who cares if right. you don't like it just don't watch it exactly. or it whatever like the, the negativity all around in professional wrestling is is too much sometimes and i think that people just need to stop putting it out into the world like yeah. just stop tweeting it <laughs> yeah i i i think but i'm saying you can think that and me and you can have a conversation like that yeah. and that's totally fine yeah. but you know that's you're not doing it in an obnoxious way like yeah. a lot of people are. No, I'll, like, I'll still laugh and I understand why people like that, but I just, I right. just, I personally, I wouldn't have wanted to do anything like that. And my, you know, so, but, but, but you missing that splash is freaking amazing. It was so, <laughs> so funny. I think a lot of wrestlers, they get in the business and I think they forget either that they were fans or why they became fans, I think. Mm-hmm. I think you mm-hmm. just kind of get into this. It just becomes this thing, like they hate their position on the show or they hate, you know, whatever, you know, and they, they really forgot why they got into it. I, I remember, geez, I I used to love watching the, the lower card matches, the mid card matches in the main event. So why would I be disappointed about being in any one of those spots? It's, it, it, it's, I think you just forget where you come from a lot of times. People just kind of, they forget why they loved wrestling, you know, and they just kind of really let it get to them. You know, and I'm not saying they should be treated like garbage, but I mean, if you're being treated well, I'm just, how about you just still enjoy what you do? If you don't mm-hmm. enjoy it, then just stop, you know? Yeah, I agree. And and I think that <clears throat> there was a huge problem in, in wrestling for a while. Uh, going back to when I started training, and, and I think that you can probably attest to this, as you can see behind me, I mean, the people listening can't, but I have wrestling figures and, and memorabilia everywhere. Yeah. And that's part of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. I, I produce and co-host the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, and we talk about this stuff, this this nostalgia that um, reminds us every day like why we love wrestling and why we do it. And right. back in the day, though, you were not allowed to like wrestling. <laughs> We were told you cannot wear a wrestling shirt to, to class. Oh, really? If you go to Create a Pro, everybody's got a f- wrestling shirt on, whether it be vintage or new or whatever. Right. You all like wrestling. We all study wrestling. We talk about it all the time. We are fans. That's the new age professional wrestling. But there was a long period of time where you, it was like you were not allowed to be a mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but we're all marks. Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get into the business if you're not a fan of. I mean, I think the percentage of people that got into the professional wrestling business that weren't fans of the business is very small. I'm sure there are yeah. some. There yeah. are some, and and I, I don't know, man. I just I I think it, it just recently to be what I haven't wrestled in years now, but I think uh, I just recently I really started going back and watching some some like matches that. Like a lot of stuff from the '90s and stuff like that, when you know, and and I really remembered why I loved it for a long time, you know. And I'm actually watching more of it now than I than I have in a long time. Me too. Uh, I you know, with the quarantine and all that, I built the gym in my garage, and uh, it's great because now I just I literally I put on a WCW or ECW pay per view, <laughs> you know, and watch the whole thing normally during a workout and it, and it's great i get a lot of nostalgia i get some cool ideas i you know you, you remember why you love stone cold steve austin yeah so yeah i do do you watch any guys like from the do you ever go back and watch any any guys from like the early 80s even the 70s or anything like that yeah i mean you know i i i think we've talked about this before rick flair is my favorite wrestler of all time so yeah. um i i've watched his entire career there was there's a Reddit thread, uh, best matches of Ric Flair, oh, wow. and it's like super popular, and it's got links, 
and it goes all the way back from to from like his first recorded match and just per year all his like classics oh wow and i during this quarantine basically binged his entire career from start to finish wow with all the moments and all the big things in between and the big angles and it's and it's super interesting and i don't know why the wwe network doesn't do more stuff like that right, career retrospectives yeah. through matches and see and you really get a sense of how they progress you know, and Ric Flair just went on so long, and he was still having bangers in 2006. Imagine, and he was what? He was like 60, you yeah, know, or whatever, yeah, you know, 50 like something. Unbelievable, yeah. He, I, I think there are workers out there that were technically better workers than Ric Flair, like Nick Bockwinkel. Uh, I was just gonna say Bockwinkel, freaking amazing. But I will also, uh, but I also say that Ric Flair is the greatest world champion of all time. Sure, especially yeah. considering what he was doing when you know when the when the WWF at the time was doing their thing, you know, when Ric Flair was traveling with the NWA championship to every single territory and he's going an hour with, with their top guy, no matter where he goes, you know? Yep. And I, I think that elevated, not only that elevated the guy he was working with, it elevated the promotion he was working and it elevated the title, you know? So I, mm-hmm. I think he's the greatest world champion of all time. I agree. And then, yeah, big Bockwinkle, Arn and Tully and, you know, I have to go back and watch those kind of matches because, like, I'm not going to get anything for myself. I like it, but watching Rey Mysterio versus Psychosis in 1997, like, I can't get anything right. as a worker out of that. Right, right. And, and lately, with the managing stuff, you know, I, I started managing and beyond last year, a, like, manage wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um and then, like, the AEW, so I was sort of a manager. So I've been watching a lot of Cornette and a lot of Heenan oh. to, just to see how they work in matches physically, but also, like, what they do right. throughout the whole match as a manager. So Yeah. So Heenan was other level. And when he was when he worked, he was incredible. He was great. He was incredible. Yeah. He was, he was amazing. It, it, yeah. It, did you ever watch any um, Adrian Adonis stuff at all? Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, sure. my God. That guy was amazing. Even when he was, like, Towards the end of his career, when he was like grossly overweight, my God, he right. was incredible. But they put everything into like a one punch. One would punch. Be, yeah, boom, and the whole crowd would boo so Ooh. much because they sold it so well. Well, he would. I think that's where I got that when I was a heel. I would get that big punch in, and then kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, take yeah. your time and go around and have everybody catch on to what happened. And I, I stole that directly from Adrian Adonis. Without it, absolutely. Right. Why don't we? Sure. Okay, let's. So before we go too too long, I, I'm sure people are going to want to hear about this. How did this AEW thing happen? And wow, was it a lot of fun? Yeah, you know, when I started at Cap, MJF was um, probably four months in at the time. Yeah, he was young too, right? He was like twenty oh, he, or something. He right? started when he was eighteen. Eighteen years old. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, he's twenty three now or twenty four. Wow. Twenty four. Wow. He main evented a pay per view. Good for him. But no, uh, we always were good buds. I mean, there was a huge age gap, but all of the cap guys really became family. And I think that's part of the reason the work and the success and the teamwork and everything is infectious at Creative Bro. And that's part of the culture. Oh, great. So just like Chris Statlander too, and Max Caster is catching on right now and, and, and Joe Bronson, uh, Bear Bronson, yeah, yeah. who's in Bear Country, they're just so so good, and everybody's catching on nowadays. And it's because we all each push each other, right? So that's know, so rare, man. I hate to say it, but that's so rare. It's great, and and that's what I'm saying. Like, if you are serious about pro wrestling, if you're serious, if you look yourself in the mirror and you say, "This is all I want to do in my life." I do not understand why you don't train at Creative Pro or a school similar. There's not many, but right. there are some. Right. A school like that. Because right. in my opinion, if you are serious, you're wasting your time somewhere else. Yeah, there but, are there are a few others in, in New England that are doing really really well, like Brian Fury's New England Pro Wrestling. Oh, Academy. New England Pro Wrestling Academy is one of the one of the good ones. Oh, yes, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, sure. But you know, me and Max were always friends. He really caught on in CZW um, and CZW at the time was, was a little more popular than it is now. And he worked really hard for his spot in CZW. He worked for free for a long time. Mm-hmm. 
He did their student shows every single week, three hours away, every wow. Wednesday. Wow. To finally get a spot on the show. And he's so good, he worked his, himself up into the world title spot. And then there was an angle where he needed somebody to play a lawyer, and he asked me to do it. And they liked it so much, they put me with him for a year. It's easy. Uh, so I worked as MJF's lawyer for a year in CZW, and it worked out because he got hurt. Oh. He hurt his knee very bad one summer, but they wanted to keep the belt on him to Cage of Death, which is December pay-per-view. Right. Um, and basically, through my bullshit and me wrestling sometimes, he, we were able to keep the heat on Max and keep the title on him You know, through our thing. Right. So I think that our work in, in CZW was, was really cool, really fun. It stood out in a in a world of deathmatch guys. Yeah. We yeah. were we were the angle and the pro wrestling character. So you know fa- fast forward, Max is in an angle on TV. He's a contracted top talent in planet Earth and yeah. they need a lawyer. Who who should he get? <laughs> He's got to get his old lawyer. Somebody who worked with before. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so that's what it is and we had to you know like uh, I was obviously, of course, I would I would do it, and I had haven't wrestled since March. Oh uh, yeah, uh, right. But I have been training. I've been training every day still. Um, and I was so I was ready for it, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Flew to Jacksonville uh four different times to film <laughs> the TVs. It yep. was uh certainly slightly scary at first, but um. I bet. But uh, it got easier. I, uh, to be honest, it's very weird. Like the the airports are empty. <laughs> it's got to be so, so weird, man. It has to feel like a zombie movie or something, right? It's got to be check so out oh, going to Bradley at a, in an odd time, man. It is like a zombie movie. Like, can can you imagine walking up to the the, the security area and being the only person? <laughs> no, no. That's what ha- every time. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm I'm immune to compromise, so I I, right. I I haven't been able to go anywhere since March. And just today, I had a doctor's appointment, and I had to go. And I I'll tell you, dude, I got there. I was like sweating. It was so weird to be in a in a place, you know, <laughs> like yeah, to, oh yeah. All I, I all I mean. all I've done like twice. I went to two weeks' notice and got a couple of four packs of beer, like just really quick. Went and back out, but I'm sitting there and just waiting. It was so weird, man. It was such a weird feeling. Anyway, so yeah. when you started going down to AEW, did you know that this this match was uh, was potentially going to happen then, or did it kind of come about as it was happening? Um, there was talk of it, but it's pro wrestling. You never know. So. Right? You never know, and even if even if somebody looked me in the eyes and said this is happening, um, grain of salt. I'm not gonna believe it until I'm walking out. Right, right, right. Right. When I I had that WWE squash match, yeah, I didn't. I found out about it that day. I didn't tell anybody about it at all because right. I did not want to be like, hey, I am having a match to everybody I know, and then have it not happen. Have it put be pulled because. The first thing to get pulled from a raw on a night that things are going overtime is the squash match. Of course. And who'd you work with in that? I can't remember. The the Vikings. Oh, that's right. Yep. 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 So yeah, I mean I just like, you know, I, I was happy for it, but I I wasn't gonna count my chickens. Right. Before the they hatched, I don't know. That, that's the saying, yeah. That's the saying. Yeah. So, all right. So, all right. I, first of all, you're saying, you, where the hell did you get the line, you'll have to part your hair to poop? I, oh. That was, dude, I swear I watched <laughs> I watched you say that. I, I bet I watched it a dozen times. I'm, I'm like, bringing it up. I'm showing it to Bessie. We're both having a good laugh. He said poop on TV. It was so, like, <laughs> where, where the hell did that come from? Um, I was... You know, one one thing that's very interesting is you, you write your own stuff. Oh wow! So it was just like, hey, you you have a promo, and here's what you need to say. So I wrote it, and uh, I was just thinking to myself, um, like, there's a lot of sayings out there, like, I'm gonna kick your ass so hard, such and such, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I literally just looked up, I'm going to kick your ass so hard, dot dot dot. Yeah. And then I picked the best one. Part and then instead of poop. kick your ass, I'm going to sue your ass so hard you'll have to part your hair to poop. 
fucking. So that's that's all it that's all it was. Yeah, but it's not that's not all it was. It, it was right. it was it's it's so it's so you to have you say that was like just so you and I I I thought it was the greatest thing. I, the, and what was the other one? You said another one too the next week. What was it? Something about a booby or something. What was it? Oh, I said booby baby. Booby baby. Uh, yeah, that well, that I got from uh, from Die Hard. You know the <laughs> asshole in Die Hard where he's like Johnny Booby, come on, yeah, yeah. you got to come down. <laughs> then he ends up getting his brains blown yeah, out. Yeah. So I was just like, I thought that was a very uh, apropos. That's so <laughs> line. good. So good. We just saw Die Hard in the theater last year. Oh yeah! It was on a limited run up here in the theater down the road, and I I saw it when it came out in the theater, and I just saw it. Bessie had never seen it before, and we were able to go. and What an amazing movie, man! That that's that movie is timeless. It's so good. I uh, I I count it as a Christmas movie. So I do I watch too. it every year. I, yeah. I have that <laughs> argument with people every single year. They'll, yeah. You know, then they'll say like, uh, well, Bruce Willis says it's not a Christmas movie. I'm like, well, he didn't write it. You ask a screenwriter, he says it's a Christmas movie. So I right. win, you know? So, you know, right. love right. it. Fantastic. So now let's get to the match. Let's get to the match. Uh, yeah. You were, what you were wearing, Marshall was this here. Marshall, oh, by the way, Marshall McNeil, uh, he was going to join us. I could not figure out... I'm so bad at tech stuff. Here I am with a podcast, and I have no idea how to do it. But he was going to he was going to join us, but he thought it was yesterday, so he showed up yesterday. Oh wow! Okay, all right, <laughs> we, yeah. We sat out in the backyard, socially distanced, and had a beer together, and it was so funny too. It's like he's like he texts me and he says, "Oh, I want to come back on the podcast." I gave him two options. I gave him uh, to come on and join us when Perry Von Vicious comes back on, or or come on and join our friend who was just on national TV. Real surprise he picked you instead. Yeah, first, right, you know, right. <laughs> but he pointed out, and I agree with him, that what you were wearing is what like Jim Cornette would have been wearing if he had a match. Yep. So hundred percent it was it was a complete copy. If you took what Jim Cornette wore, there's yep. pictures of him in this full red suit with yep. Pads everywhere, black pads and, and black trunks. Right. And I mix that with Andy Kaufman with the shorts. Yep, yep. And the long underwear um, thing or something. And, right? Yes, yeah. the yeah, and and like the socks and the sneakers. So I mixed <laughs> Jim Cornette with Andy Kaufman. And like I said, I had no idea this was gonna happen. And to be honest, like when I heard that it was a slight possibility, yeah. I ordered the gear just in case. Just in case. And you showed up with that. They must have been They were like, This is great. This, so, like, they're probably uh, expecting you to show up with like your regular gear, which just wouldn't have made sense. And regular you know. gear, or just like shorts, and yeah, a, yeah, 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 right, or something right. like that, which would have been fine. But no, I just wanted to knock it out of the park. So, and of, and of course, like a lawyer, if he has to get in a street fight, of course he's going to wear like the all white leather New Balance sneakers, cross trainers, you know. And <laughs> right, I just right. when when he he picks that <laughs> he takes that thing off your foot and he shows you the camera, and I just. I, I text you the next day and I said, yeah. please tell me the, the New Balance cross trainers was your idea. Please. Oh, yeah, 100%. It was so, it was so funny. So funny. Did they, did you stuff your suit to make you yeah. look? You did. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. No, that's just me. I mean, it looked, I had pads on my arms inside. Oh, okay. That, my arms were bigger so than my thighs. So then the answer is yes, you stuffed your suit. Yes, yes. Okay. Not my not my chest or anything. <laughs> no, no, anything no, like no. That. But you did yeah, stuff yeah. your suit with yeah. your arms and your thighs. I'm like, I, yeah. you know, it's just, and it was just so fun. How what was it like? Was it great working with Moxley? Was it awesome? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean the whole the whole thing was was great, uh really fun, um and welcoming. Uh everybody was great. The whole the whole community, the the couple of days where they film is great. And and to and to be honest, that locker room is is basically 2018 beyond wrestling. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Orange Cassidy, Alex Reynolds, Johnny cool. Silver, yep. uh, Trent, Chuck, uh, Butcher and Blade, where Pepper Parks and and uh, Andy Williams. It's so, just so like you kind of knew everybody already. I'm like, hey guys, <laughs> and they're like, hey, what are you doing here? So I was just like, you know, and Max and all those guys. So it was just, uh, I felt very comfortable and got to know some of the other guys because I was there for four weeks and. Yeah, it was great. It That's was great, awesome. and I'm I am happy to. It is a lot because, like I said, I produce the podcast and edit videos every week, and all that stuff. And plus, traveling was was a lot. So this week is the first time that I have some time to to sort of gather my thoughts and like 
unpack my bags and stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they are they are they talking about bringing you back? Is there any talks of that or no? Well, I don't know. Uh, you know, hey, MJF could get into into trouble at any time, and he might need a lawyer. So who knows? Wink, wink. Yeah. Right. Whose idea was it for you to take the big sprawl on your belly coming out, getting thrown out the the entranceway? Was that you? That was Max. Actually, Max, he, so he was good. like. He was like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and they threw him out of the thing. I'm like, okay, sounds good. I got perfect, it because it was perfect. It's like it was just so. It, long story short, it was a lot of fun, and I I we I really enjoyed to watch it watching it. It was really really Thank great. You. Yeah, yeah. Um, so before we move on to the, believe it or not, we've already gone 50 minutes. Can you believe yeah. that? Amazing. Yeah. Uh, why don't you Why don't you plug your podcast before we before we uh, move on to the next part of the show? Sure. Uh, I think actually, you know, local fans, you know, Johnny Idol fans would would appreciate the Off the Hop Rope podcast. Yes. Uh, it's where me and Top Shelf Troy Nelson and uh, and uh, Nick Stapp, formerly known as CPA, we pair a beer, a craft beer, with a match. So it might be some sort of snake beer, and then we pair that with a Jake the Snake Roberts match. And and uh, basically, when we watch the match, we dive into the history. We talk about how the match is happening. How many, you know, uh, uh, the whole history of how they got to this match, and and we talk about the the people in the match, and and it's just r- a real slice of history of pro wrestling while we yeah. have a beer. Uh, <laughs> how do you so, beat that beer and wrestling? It's great. Guys drinking beers and watching wrestling, and if you're not a craft beer person, who cares? It's a wrestling podcast, and if you're not a wrestling person, who cares? It's a craft beer podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's and and just that the, what I love about it is how you guys use. Okay, here's where we are. Hit you know three, two, one. Hit play now, and then you really follow along. And, and right, and you can watch along. I mean, we call it a watch along podcast, so you can listen to us talking while you watch the match. But I also f- strongly feel you don't necessarily need to watch it. I think that we're providing some audio uh, stuff for you. So if you are driving in a car, uh, it's totally fine. You can listen and we describe the things that are happening, but it's mostly historical and it's basically guys shooting the shit about wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've been doing, since the quarantine, I've been doing a lot of like projects, building guitars and and stuff like that. And I've had it on in the background. It's it's really, really great. You don't really have to watch them along with the match to enjoy the the, the episode. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I hate to be a self-promoter, but I like beer and I like professional wrestling. I would love to be on your podcast sometime. That'd be yeah. Great. Well, hey, actually, if you go back in the archives, that we have a long interview with you and uh, yes, you and Marshall in there. So uh, we will definitely have to have you on one of the nights. We'll do a Zoom just like this. It's very easy. Awesome. We can watch the match together. Uh, maybe we'll do some. You know, what we should do is we'll do your Powder Hollow. We'll do a Powder Hollow Hollow Brewery uh, beer, right? Well, there's there's other local ones around here too. We have Skyline and and two weeks, oh yeah and two weeks notice they're around here too. So we can do, yeah and, we've and, done a lot of two weeks for sure and Fort Hill and 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 stuff like that. So sure. Have you tried the two weeks notice sours yet? By the way, I I haven't. I'm not really a sour guy, oh, okay. but uh, Jarrett told me that it was really good. Yeah, they're they're tremendous. I love them. They're really really good. It took me a little while to get into them. As soon as I got into my head that it was supposed to taste like that, then I was cool with them. You know, it just took yes. me a little while. Like, you don't expect that when you drink a beer. You don't expect 100%. to get that. But I, I've become a big fan, so. Right. Very cool. And your other podcast is? Yeah, so the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. Uh, I do it with Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, now known as Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. We talk about wrestling figure collectibles. Man. There's so much of that. We have a Patreon, uh, extra content. On the Patreon, I do a weekly vlog. Uh, it's oh. the Silver Linings with Smart Mark Sterling. Um, so there's like 30 episodes of that. It started off as a travel vlog, then the world blew up. So right, it's right. been more things that are happening uh, you know, in my life. And a couple recent travel things. Uh, one of the things that we just shot, this is uh, we just started. It's a spinoff. It's called the Figure Wrestling Federation. And basically, Brian and Matt drafted wrestling figures from the the late '90s. Oh, that's great! And they are presenting each week their own show, like they're booking sh- the Attitude Era with action figures. With action figures, but the action figures don't really matter. Right, so right, right. basically, they're cares. telling that's you that right, Stone Cold yeah. comes out and he's beating up Hollywood Hulk Hogan. You know, <laughs> that's so great. That's a lot. So of fun. it they're they're in a competition. They're competing brands. And each week they present their action figure book show and the fans are really enjoying it and they're, they're really getting into it. And, uh, it's been, it's been really fun so far. And that's just, 
six weeks in to, to the to the uh, to the project, but it's been fun. That's really cool, man. I'm gonna have yeah. to I'm gonna have to get into that one. I, I did, today was the first time I heard of it. I had no yeah. idea, so that's great. Very cool. Well, is there anything else you want to plug before we move on to the second part of the show? No, no, no. Well, what's the second part? Let's get to it. Well, if you if you ever listened, you probably would have learned. It would have uh, so. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. We have one constant on this podcast, and we call it the final three. Pew 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 pew. Uh, these are the same three questions we ask every week on the podcast. And question number one is: How do you take your coffee? Skim milk and three Splenda. My God. Large skim three Splenda. <laughs> wow. I had no idea you were. I need grandma. my coffee. What's going on? I need I need my coffee to taste like coffee ice cream. Uh and <laughs> and without all the calories. So Wow. No three Splenda. But yeah. I not that I get, but the skim milk. You're literally I think you're the first person to say skim milk. I've had a few people say almond milk because they were cutting down on dairy, but Actually I I do like oat milk. Yeah? Du- Dunkin' Donuts just got oat milk, so that's been I don't think I've tried oat milk. I've had I'm not. I hate milk. To be clear, I, of all the things, I'll eat just about anything. I love food, and I'm a very adventurous eater. But you put a sweaty glass of milk in front of me, and I'm I'm ready to vomit. I just oh, I can't drink milk either. I have a few sips of it in a coffee, and that's it. Have you ever had durian? The fruit durian, the stinky fruit. No, it's this. It's uh, from an Asian country. I'm not sure which one, but it's this huge, knobby fruit. That smells so bad, it's not allowed on like public transportation and stuff. If you cut it open, it looks like an alien pod, and like these. And the fruit is like imagine like um, what a piece of an orange is with that like little membrane, but instead of like a, a fruit feeling thing in it, it's almost like a like a a stinky custard with like a little pit in the middle of it. And it, you imagine how bad could this stuff smell? It's worse than you could ever imagine. I would rather eat more durian than have a glass of milk. That's, yeah. a, that's a fact. That's a yeah. Fact. Yeah, it's pretty bad. All right, question number two is, what is the last movie you saw either at home or in the theaters? And without any spoilers, do you have any thoughts? <sighs> what did I just watch? Um, you know what? I just I just watched both of the uh, the Avengers Infinity Wars and Endgame. Okay. Sort of back to back. I saw them both in the theaters, and this was the first time that I saw them again. I watched it on Disney Plus. Okay. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, they um, job. I just I'm just baffled at what they were able to do, and amazing. It's almost like highlights the fact that like DC is so all over the place and messed up with theirs already. That Marvel was able to keep this going for so many years. Yeah, um, but I just love those movies a lot. It's a, it's a great uh, telling of that story, and all the characters are so fleshed out, and there's so much emotion. So, yeah, I'm 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 a big fan of those movies. I think a lot of people wrote those off because they're so CGI heavy, but I, at the same time, they they certainly didn't skimp on on story and really having you care about the characters that were in those. Yeah. They did a really, really awesome job. You're, you're a movie guy in general, right? You like a lot, you watch movies, you just like, and you enjoy Oh movies. yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, you're, I've actually more turned into like, uh, I love television shows a little bit more than movies, but I would call myself a movie buff for okay. sure. Okay, well, that's cool. Well, there's a, there's a great uh, YouTube channel I started watching. It's called Good Bad Flicks. Okay. So basically this guy takes movies that people think are terrible and he'll, he'll either like, He'll either just kind of just do a quick eight-minute run-through of it, not really get into it too much, just kind of explain these awful things that's happening, you know, or or he'll really explore it and talk about how, how like, maybe the, the producer got a hold of the script and then they found a director and how they cast this person and that person and really, and then go through it, the whole thing. And he'll even find something to defend these terrible movies. Like, he'll say, okay, look, it, okay, maybe it's terrible, but look at this, the effects are fantastic and this guy's great and... I think being a film person, I think you'd enjoy that channel. It's very, very good. Yeah. Well, yeah, positivity, like I said, that's my kind of thing. So I'll check it out I'm for sure. I'm trying to, man. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm try- I, I spent too many years as a very, just an angry person. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to avoid negativity as much as I possibly yeah. can. Yeah. Well, well stay right. off of Twitter. <laughs> Twitter is, is 
way better than Facebook as far it's uh, Facebook is like so people are just so miserable on there and it, it, it's it's actually really a shame it's yeah. too bad, but I as soon as I see something negative or political I immediately mute the, the person on Facebook and it's made my Facebook much more bearable yeah I, I, I'm currently working on that I'm I'm working on unfollowing a lot of people and uh, uh, it's it's kind of sad that you have to unfollow people that you've been friends with most of your life simply because not because you agree or you not because you disagree with them but simply because you just it's so negative all the yeah, time too much bad juju so exactly. much bad juju man and just but it, here's the tip though you don't need to unfriend them right stay friends mute them that's the way huh? i unfollow mute, muting it might be the way to go Muting so you don't see their things, but you can be friends. So they have no idea. They have no idea. That's perfect. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I at the same time, the positive for me that's come out of that is that I I am not scrolling nearly as much as I was. There's so much less of that just wasting time. Just I need to get away from that. Yeah, it's 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 actually really, really helping. It was getting worse but during quarantine. It was just really, really... Like, I'm not depressed enough having to stay at home for five and a half months. I don't need to be going on there and trying to have a, try to escape negativity and find even more negativity, you know? Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of negativity, I so I've been doing those uh, Facebook Live concerts. Yeah. Shows on the porch. And, yep. they're, and they're going really well, and I I have the same people that will watch it. Including Eric Hunting, I was I was I was messaging with Eric Hunting today, and your name came up, and uh, he told me that you used his phone one time to hit DVN with with his phone. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, oh yeah. You know what? That we had a spot to finish the match. Yeah. And we I had to use the thing, and we planted it, and somebody took it away. Yeah. So our gimmick was gone <laughs> and I needed to like literally this whole thing is going to blow up if I cannot get something right something, now. Something, anything, yeah. And he's just there with his phone and I just like, can I use that? <laughs> 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 like it just, it was so ridiculous and the first thing that I saw and so that's how we had to do it and I think it was the finish of the match but it was it's so great when he he told me that my my reply was of course he did you know yeah. like yeah, that's that's so that's so great that's so that's fun yeah. Um, oh, I wanted to talk about. We're going to go back a little bit. I wanted to talk about. We had that one match, the um, over the top, under the table match. That was great. It was so fun. And uh, for those of you that 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 weren't there, which the majority of you, um, it was the, the the gist of the match was the gimmick of the match was if you got thrown over the top rope, you had to do a shot of alcohol because both before of our, you got back in or before you, you got get back, back in because both of our gimmicks were we were like these kind of like you know, drinkers, you know, anyway, so I just, we figured out that the best thing to do to kind of work people a little bit is to actually put some real whiskey in some of the glasses. So that way, if we did a shot and toss the glass to somebody and they'd be like, holy shit, it's real, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, I figured, okay, what would Johnny Idol do in this situation? I saw, and, and I, you know what Johnny I would do? He would just throw himself over the top rope and go out so he can do a shot to start the match. So I yeah. do that. I put myself over the top. This is very ding, ding, ding. Hold on a minute. Immediately jump over the top rope and go and I do a shot of whiskey. I got Jack Daniels in both of my eyes right in the very beginning of the match. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only got one shot and I did almost throw up. I had to like run a whole spot yeah. before we did it. So like I took taking a whiskey shot after you run a spot is yeah. I don't rec- by the way guys I don't recommend drinking while wrestling but I did it was like a ha- the majority of it intentionally went out in my face cuz I would only have like a, like a half a shot of it just to stay safe but a bunch of it went right in both of my eyes which is a right. great way to start a match you yeah know? yeah exactly but luckily the next thing that happened was top shelf Troy he went out and he did the same thing so I had a minute to get to get the whiskey out of my eyes anyway right, right, anyway right. cool well there's that where were we Last question. The last question. Question number three is, do you have a local small business that you would like to plug? Hmm. So I just moved back to Massachusetts, and I'm figuring out Granby right now. You can take your time. We can edit out this. Uh, You know what? Uh, The pizza place that I always, that I grew up going to uh, in Springfield, Massachusetts, I still, I will make the 20 plus minute trip there. 20 there, 20 back. Oh, yeah. Salerno's Pizza in uh, in East Springfield. What is it again? Salerno's. Okay, yeah. 
It's by like Our Lady of Hope. If anybody, it's like <laughs> Salerno's pizza is the greatest. It's my favorite pizza. And it's like you grow up, you have your mom's lasagna. Doesn't matter if somebody has better lasagna, it's not better than your mom's lasagna. Right? I, I agree hundred percent. Right, right. That's so Salerno's is the pizza and the grinders that I grew up eating. That is the benchmark. Everything else is compared to Salerno. So <laughs> go Sal. His name is Sal. He he works there, him and his wife. Sal uh, Salerno. All right. Yeah. Well, cool, man. It's great. That's great. I'll have to, now I'm going to want to give it a try. So that's perfect. That's really awesome. It's, it's like, you like Red Rose? Oh, yeah, of course. So it's very similar to Red Rose. Okay, cool. I'll have to give it yeah. a try. All right. Yeah. All right. That's very good. So what, anything else? No, this has been great. Very fun. Mention your podcast again, please. And we're going to Off the Hop Rope Podcast. Check us out wherever. And Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. Check us out wherever. Um, and uh, at Silver Intuition on Twitter. Cool, man. Will you, will you come back on? Of course. Will we have like less like official stuff to talk about? We can just shoot the shit for an hour and a half? That'd be great. Yeah, yeah well, next time I'll, I'll, I'll bring some two weeks over and we'll drink together. Now we're talking. Say, yeah. now we're talking. Guys, please right. don't forget to follow Idle Chat Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, Podcast Addict, and Pocket Cast. Probably a few more that we don't know about. And make sure you like our pages at Idle Chat Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. And don't forget about our giveaway. Give us your candle-related gift on our Facebook page, and maybe you'll win yourself a free jar candle. Thank you so much, buddy. Thank you. 